Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening there, Bears fans, and welcome to CHGO Bears After Dark, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use code CHGO when you sign up. And what's going on, Bears fans? Will DeWitt, Greg Bregg Jr. here, and Mark Carmen. Like I said, at CHGO Bears After Dark, it's Monday night, which is the night of the week where I feel like I deserve a pay raise, having to babysit these two. What's going on, guys? That is messed up, Will. That is, that is, that is He's not up. wrong, though. He's not wrong. That's a very aggressive way to start the show, but thank you, teacher slash parent slash coworker slash everything else. I, I was like just, it. I was just saying you guys were the one that told me I have to do that. Like, was it two, three weeks ago? You're yes. the ones that said I have to keep you on the rail. You do. You put it on me. I didn't put it upon and myself. That's you know, with with great power comes great responsibility. You know, as Spider Man once said. And if this goes off the rails, then we get to blame you. And I take none of the blame. That's how it works. Bada bing, bada boom. (laughs) Probably true that we did put that on you. And I just would like to personally uh, express that I'd like an apology from Greg Braggs before the end of the show for his petulant behavior after Purdue lost to Northwestern, his other passion in life, to the great Northwestern Wildcats. But I'll just, you know, we're here for for an hour. See what happens here, Will. I refuse. That's back, I, I let him come you, on Greg. the post game, my post game show. I did about it. That's it. That's the only olive branch I'm giving him. Aside from that, you know, after further review, the refs just completely out of control. Now I'm seeing clips of you know, Chris Collins pulling on our players on the sidelines. What is this? What kind of operation you got running over there at Welsh Ryan? NCAA tournament operation, buddy. That's what we got rolling. <laughs> Greg, that's two rough weeks in a row for you because I had you on Monday after the weekend before. Of course, IU beat the Boilermakers and on Northwestern. Man, talk about some hey, uh, company. We beat the breaks off Nick's Iowa Hawkeyes, and I notice he's not here tonight. The one guy I had bragging rights over in the last 10 days, and he's the one that doesn't show up. I got to deal with you two who my Purdue Boilermakers lost to. This is crap. 
<laughs> well, luckily, after like right now, we can move on from the Boilermaker talk and focus on some Chicago Bears. Okay. I think that'll help a little yes. bit, right? Yes, it will. And I'm sure it will help the listeners because I'm sure they get tired of hearing me and Mark talk about this every time. But it is exciting. It's exciting. March is upon us, which means spring is coming and, and nice weather like we had today. It yeah, was a fantastic day out. Absolutely. I, I want to remind everybody that it's February the 13th. And I see you in the comments, Gary. We'll see your Hoosiers on Wednesday night in, in Evanston, buddy. Bring it on. Let's go. Uh, and by the way, it's good to be back on the After Dark. Will, good to see you, everybody. I'm very excited to recap the Super Bowl and take a look at what appears to uh, perhaps be an emerging problem over there in Philadelphia, perhaps. Yeah, I think that's a great way to just kind of begin tonight's episode. Usually, I think we kind of keep that main headline topic for later on the show, but it's so good, and I'm really excited to talk about it, that I want to begin tonight's show with it. And you kind of alluded to it there, Mark. Like, Jalen Hurts, it looks like he's going to be a big problem for the Bears. Obviously, right now, the NFC goes through Philadelphia, goes through Jalen Hurts. And for him to put up the type of performance that we saw last night, 304 passing yards with a touchdown, another 70 yards on the ground, those three touchdowns too, and just the Eagles' ability to convert on those fourth and shorts, third and shorts and goal line situations with that really impressive QB sneak, it just adds another wrinkle to this offense that's already lethal and hard to stop. And so you posed the question to us earlier this afternoon, like how big of a problem is this for the Bears, who I know – they have a long way to go, but ideally sooner rather than later. And Jalen's going to be there still in Philadelphia. So I'll just kind of open up the floor there. Like Mark, actually, I'll go to you first because you posed it. I'm assuming you think it's a pretty damn big problem. Well, look, I mean, the, the guys come in here and in his rookie year contract, he's established himself as one of the elite quarterbacks in the game. I think a lot of Bears fans, myself, mainly I'm looking in the mirror here. I was sleeping on him. I didn't. I thought that he was more of a passenger on the Eagles train versus somebody who was a big part driving it, and he drove that thing last night. Their their defense did nothing. He kept them in the game. They lost the game because he fumbled. I'd say that was the biggest reason. Huge momentum switch there. You know, you you could have had a commanding lead at halftime. And by the way, the Chiefs might have come back because Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. So that was a huge play in the game. But. I was a I was supremely impressed, and this guy has the mental side of it too. So he's only going to get better. They've got weapons too. It, it'll get a little more challenging with salary cap for Philly going forward here, and they're going to lose guys this off season. But I I just think it's he ain't Aaron Rodgers. Let's not go that crazy. But I think this is something that uh, if the Bears, as you just said, it will if the Bears are going to get there someday sooner than later, they're going to have to go through Philadelphia in all likelihood. Yeah, and I know there's a another equally, I guess, like intriguing, optimistic way to look at this, and we'll get to that in just a moment. But Greg, I just wanted to kind of gather, you know, your thoughts on Jalen Hurts, what you saw last night, and just how you envision the future of the NFC and his place in it, and how it kind of affects the Bears. Yeah, it was an unbelievable performance, and and I do believe, um, had they not called the defensive holding penalty, that Jalen Hurts would have drove them right down the field. Now, whether or not they score a touchdown, I think there's a good chance of it, but at the very least, that game was going to overtime. I mean, you just knew whoever had the ball last was going to win. It felt like that kind of a game. So I had no doubt that Jalen Hurts was going to take him back down the field to score. Um, and he had an unbelievable game on the ground, you know, through the air, 
And for me as somebody that, you know, we have a dual threat quarterback here, that's all I could think about it. It made me excited personally as a Bears fan, as you mentioned, we're going to talk about that, but for Jalen Hurts specifically, yeah, he's not going anywhere. AJ Brown isn't going anywhere. And that's what you need. Uh, Devontae Smith, he's going to be there. And those are weapons. Uh, Dallas Goddard, I have to imagine, is going to stay there. But they're not going to be able to keep everybody. And this is where it starts to get tricky for them. Salary cap is an issue. And they have to, you know, Jalen Hurts is entering his fourth year. So it's time to pay the piper. He just got his payday from that game. And so you're going to take a hit with that. They're going to lose some guys on defense. Uh, So, but at the same time, you know, they're going to be a top team in the NFC, you know, but you know, we've, we've seen it with other teams, Bengals or the Bengals, not so much, but uh, you know, losing in the Super Bowl can take a hit to some teams, you know, we'll see how they respond from that next year. But, you know, Jalen Hurd certainly has the right mentality where I have no doubt that they're going to be, he's going to be that new, you know, we've all these years with, you know, Aaron Rodgers and, and, and some of the great quarterbacks that are starting to leave now, Tom Brady's retiring and different guys. Now this is the next generation, right? Jalen Hurts is a part of that group. And he's that, you know, the Eagles are certainly going to be a force to be reckoned with. But at the same time, you know, like we talk about with Justin Fields, being a dual threat quarterback does have a shelf life. You can't be a dual threat quarterback forever. You can't run around forever. Um, so, and I don't know if he, uh, I just think, you know, we saw it in the Bears game where he got landed on by Travis Gibson and he took a, a big hit and it, and it affected him. It was a shoulder injury that he had to deal with for the rest of the year. And I just think, you know, at some point, you know, taking the amount of hit, hits he's taking, you know, it may be something that they have to monitor when it comes to him. But at the same time, Jalen Hurts, amazing performance. And, and no, I don't think he's going anywhere. Can, can I do a quick trivia question for you too? Or maybe you know this stuff. Jalen Hurts is how old? 24. Correct. Devontae Smith is how old? G22, maybe? He's 24. AJ Brown is how old? AJ Brown is 25. That's right. 24, 24, and 25. <laughs> they're they're in a pretty good position over there. I it yes. sucks that they lost and like they they um you know, they probably didn't deserve to win the Super Bowl when they beat the Patriots, and they probably did deserve to win it last night, I would say, even though they lost. Certainly, I mean, football is, you know, we got bounces and all that, but they they should be around for a little while here. And I don't, were you, how impressed were you guys with him throwing the football? Like, the uh, passes to Ultra, Goddard, yeah. Ultra right? impressed. I mean, it was, uh, again, like when you think of Jalen Hurts, you think it's, you know, half and half that dual threat. And yeah, he was able to do magic with both his arms and his legs last night. But I saw the comment right here from Kyle about that deep ball, like how pretty it was. And you're absolutely correct. Like that was just like, a, you know, a dime to AJ Brown down there and double coverage. And of course, AJ making a great move to gain that separation at the very end of his route, man, had me just like in, you know, enamored with it too. But yeah, no, he, uh, on all accounts, is really impressed. I'm actually curious. So when you just look at like what he was able to do as like Eagles quarterback, not a lot of people are able to kind of like slow him down or stop him. But then you look at that Bears box score, and they only scored 25 points in, in that game. Like, does that obviously this Bears defense we know is going to be completely overhauled, revamped? But just the fact, like from a schematic standpoint, 
the Bears were able to slow him down with not a lot of talent. Does that at least get you somewhat, I guess, slightly well, optimistic or hopeful? Well, as I for mentioned, the, the they, Travis Gibson did injure him early on, and he stayed he stayed in there and tried to fight through it. Um, so that was an element. And then the other element that I think people will forget when they look back on that, because, of course, it felt good that they, they gave the Eagles everything they could for three and a half quarters, and then the Eagles blew them out at the very end. But at the same time, it was freezing that day, freezing. Yeah. And you heard players afterwards, including Jalen Hurts, who was quoted as saying, like, it was miserable cold out there. And so, like, you're not going to play Jalen Hurts in those kind of conditions every single time. So that's the one thing I would say to that. But it is encouraging that our secondary battled the way they did against the Eagles that day. I'm not going to completely diminish it. I just want there to be the context added along with it. Hey, you get that home field advantage, at least for the next couple of seasons in the playoffs. <laughs> you, you can play them in the freezing cold, and Philadelphia doesn't get you know much warmer in those winter months too. And for looking at like specifically – playoff scenarios or getting over the hump here in the conference for the bears. I think regardless, it's going to, it's going to be cold, Greg, but I know he kind of got, you know, like you said, dampened with that injury early on. So I appreciate you adding that to the conversation too. But regardless, I think the other side of this coin that we need to look at is just like the similarities between Jalen hurts, Justin Fields. We've been talking about that. I think a lot uh, over the past year and see Joe just kind of comparing uh, the two quarterbacks, their career trajectories and how similar they are. And even this past season, Justin's year really looks similar to what we saw out of Jalen Hurts a year ago. And it's going to ask a lot of Justin to kind of take it the same exact step yet again next year. Huge, tall order for him. I don't think we need to put that pressure on his shoulders. But still, like as much as like Jalen Hurts can worry us uh, from a competitor standpoint, I-, I think when you're looking at him as like a blueprint, for Justin and how the Eagles were able to kind of build around Jalen and just watch him grow and blossom in Philadelphia. I think this should give Bears fans more hope that Chicago can follow suit, can do the same. What are you guys' thoughts on that? I Well, I, I'm with you. Like I, the whole game I'm watching there, I had a big smile on my face for a lot of it saying like, well, we can do this. But then when he made some of the throws that we're talking about earlier, I'm like, well, hell, I'm not sure that Justin's quite ready to do Plus, I think it's better right now going through his progressions. But just the style of play to what you're underlining, it absolutely excites me on where the Bears are headed. And if I'm Luke Getze watching this, okay, okay. We, we had some huge games last year. It felt great. We didn't win enough of them, but mainly that's because our defense was atrocious. So let's continue down the path that we're going down. And once talent gets around here, we should be in pretty good shape. Yeah, I mean, if I'm Luke Getze, I'm taking a few of those plays from last night. The way they lined up formation and then they had Jalen go left and he was lined up one-on-one with a guy where, you know, Jalen was just able to get an easy first down. Well, Justin Hurts is going to – or Justin Fields is going to take that for 70 yards for a touchdown. Uh, and that that is the comparison game. I think we all were playing last night as Bears fans. And I'm not trying to take anything away from Jalen Hurts, but, like, to me – Aside from some of the slants at the end of the game, when the game was on the line and he had to make a throw on third down at one point, he hit a slant in a very tight window when pressure was coming. That was a big-time pocket-passing throw. But the deep ball touchdown to A.J. Brown, yeah, I mean, he put it in the right landmark, the right spot, but AJ, that was all A.J. Brown, as it's been all year long. If you go watch every A.J. Brown touchdown from this year, that is just Jalen Hurts' 
throwing it up into double coverage and A.J. Brown going and getting it. And we don't have that guy. If, 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 if God forbid, Justin Fields could ever have a, a wide receiver where you just throw it up into double coverage and, you know, you know, just hope for the best. I mean, he almost had one picked off uh, the next series. Uh, you know, the, the wide open throw to Devontae Smith. Justin Fields can make that throw. You know, uh, getting out of the pocket a few times. Jalen Hurts did show some patience as he was going out of drifting out of the pocket and found some open guys coming across the field. Justin Fields is good at that at times, and other times he misses it because he's just ready to go. So, you know, I think there there is a lot of reason for Bears fans to say, yeah, Justin Fields can be every bit the quarterback Jalen Hurts is, but it's up to Ryan Poles to put the same kind of team around him. And they have a lot of work to do in that regard, getting an offensive line like the Eagles have and getting a wide receiver the caliber of A.J. Brown. Is Chase Claypool that guy? Some Bears fans think he is. I think he's got a lot to prove to ever live up to A.J. Brown's standards. But at the same time, he is a go-up-and-get-it guy. So, you know, they just need to keep adding. I mean, that's the biggest takeaway, too, when you watch a game that's 38-35. to And the Eagles had such a great defense all year. And the Chiefs dropped 38 on them. You gotta you gotta score points. Yeah, you're gonna need a little defense to hang on for dear life, but you gotta have as many weapons as you can possibly have because eventually you're gonna have to play Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl and you're gonna have to play keep up. So you're gonna need as many weapons as you possibly can have. Even the bomb though that you said a second ago to to Devontae Smith. He's wide open, but there was a way in which he saw the field and let that play develop. And it wasn't even a great throw because Smith ended up going out of bounds at the one-yard line because he wasn't in stride. But there's a way in which he's seeing the field that Justin is still working to get to. It, and I, also what you were saying, Will, as far as the designing the plays, the Eagles, there was a solidness to what they were doing. They just knew. It was going to work, putting it in his hands and doing it. There was no trickery. This is how we're running it. We're going right at you. And we're, uh, I guess Nick Sirianni deserves credit too for his aggressiveness on fourth down. So they're, you know, third and seven, they're running it. We know we're going. They were pretty convicted. Did you guys, speaking of that, by the way, side note, did you think that they were wrong to kick the field goal to go up 27 21? Were you sitting there thinking, go for it? You're going to be in trouble. You'll be up six and they're going to score a touchdown and you're going to lose? Man, for me, it's hard to sneeze at points in a Super Bowl. It really is. So I would have probably taken the points there. But hindsight is twenty twenty, <laughs> and uh, I think you have a really good point there too, Mark. But in the game's biggest stage, if I have a chance to extend a lead, get points on the board, like I feel like I have to take it. I, I probably would have kicked it too, Will. But I, but I was also like, this is trouble. You're gonna be, you know. It's easy to it. say from the couch, isn't it? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And watching yeah, it, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I, I I can't say that that thought because what was it on fourth down? Was it fourth and seven or six or something like that? Well, I don't I want to feel fourth than six. I'd have to double check, but it was four manageable. They were going for us a lot, but yeah, you know they were they, and they were they were deep in the red zone, so the field's a little sh- softer. You're going up. You had an easy put points on the board, but yeah, I well, and they do- of- and they doinked one early in the game, right? No, that was that was Butker. Oh, that was Butker. I apologize. Yeah. Do you think Nagy when he heard that noise (laughs) had a heart attack? I know. I I, I feel it every time we hear that noise. It's like seared in our mind. 
Yeah, no, it's one of my least favorite sounds in the entire planet. Uh, I saw this comment from J2K, and you two are the perfect duo to answer it, or at least, I guess, add to it. But this is another great question, a comment. He had a few in here, uh, Joey, but the one that I saw earlier was about Justin Fields. He thinks that Justin Fields could have won that game. I talked about him breaking off a lot more yards with his legs. Uh, I know you got. I know Greg specifically. We're talking, you know, up Justin a, a little bit more here. Do you think Justin could have won that game? I completely agree. And this is the observation I made when the night, the day we played the Eagles, and you know, Justin at that point was had tired legs on the year. He carried this whole team on his back. Shoulder was injured, and he. If you go back and watch that Bears Eagles game, it is hilarious to watch the difference. And Jalen Hurts is a great quarterback, so this. This isn't taking a shot at Hurts. It just speaks to just how special Justin Fields is. If you go just back and watch that Bears-Eagles game, the difference in acceleration between the two when they get out of the pocket is substantial. Substantial. And we're talking about Jalen Hurts, who set all these records for you know in, in rushing categories as a quarterback. Most rushing touchdowns in a Super Bowl. Most rushing touchdowns for any player ever, running back or quarterback alike. So, yeah, I completely agree with this. And I that's the observation I continued making this game, watching that game last night. I'm like, man, if the Bears could ever build a championship caliber roster around Justin Fields, Justin Fields will be going crazy in the playoffs. Because when you get to that point, it's win or go home. He's going to do some of the things we saw this year where it's, you know, tuck it and, and, and fuck it. I'm going to run it. I'm going to do my thing. You know, and, and so I that's what I think is going to happen the day Ryan Poles can build this roster around him. That's right. I said, I said, it. Talk you said it. it, you said it. It's, it's you an said it's talk. an after dark show. It's uh, after <laughs> the sun goes down. The profanities. Come well, I was going to say tuck it and chuck it, but that didn't make any sense because it's more about running it. So I said, tuck it. What, what? Uh, yeah, but that is that's how I feel. I mean, I just think uh, who's going to it's like the year the, the Panthers got to the Super Bowl. Cam Newton just every time was like, all right, if it's not there, I'm going to run for the first down and you can't stop me. He's literally the same guy, but faster and just as big. So I feel very strongly after seeing what Jalen Hurts did that Justin Fields can do every bit of what Jalen Hurts did. Just get him the weapons around him that he's got. I'm not saying he can't do it. And by the way, I don't know if you actually can tuck it and F it. I don't know if that's possible, but <laughs> perhaps it doesn't, doesn't seem like that's uh, how it works. But look, the, come on. Let, let's, we can have some level of balance here. The dude threw for 304 yards last night. Uh, Justin Fields hasn't thrown for 300 yards in a game in his career. He was also 27 of 38. I mean, Fields is not Fields is not on Hertz's level yet. Now you can you can say that the the weapons aren't there and that's why, but I do think there's a little bit more to it. Yeah, and true, Fields is faster. Fields a lot has, faster. A yeah. lot, not even a little faster, a lot faster. And okay. that's no we're argument. talking about a great running quarterback in Jalen Hurts. So I'm not even, like I said, not diminishing Jalen. It just speaks to this the rarity that we right. have with Justin Fields. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Uh, faster. And, but not even, uh, I'll tell you this though, as far as pure strength of the goal line, Justin's trucking guys, Jalen is a, that dude is chiseled. He is yep. a 
He is a physical, physical dude. I, it, to me, it's a, hopefully it's that to be a phenomenal rivalry in the AFC. Hopefully these are the two best quarterbacks rolling, and let's and the Bears will get their f together, their s together, whatever, and uh, we can we can really see this play out over the next I don't know three to five years. I think that's entirely possible. Obviously, the Bears got to hit on a lot, but I'm an yeah. optimist. It's gonna and happen. I totally, let's go. And I totally let's go, Ryan Pauls. And I know I totally understand. I'm making a leap as as far as saying Justin can make most of the throws Jalen made last night. He's still got to prove a lot of those throws still. But at the same time, a year ago at this time, Jalen Hurts was in the exact same spot Justin exactly. Fields is currently in right now. He left the season at 16 touchdowns, nine interceptions. They lost. They did make the playoffs. They didn't They didn't win a playoff game, I believe. Uh, it's been so long, I can't remember anymore. But regardless, his numbers were very similar this is the year it exploded. Why? Well, you got A.J. Brown. And again, go watch every touchdown A.J. Brown had this season. That is just a guy throwing it up into double coverage and letting this freak in A.J. Brown go up and get it. Bears got to well, get that guy. That, that's an important underline, too, by the way. he His rookie year ended with Doug Peterson benching him for a third-string quarterback whose name escapes me right now, which is embarrassing, but I don't think anybody's going to call me out on it, so I'll leave it at that. The next year, the Eagles started two and five, all right? Then they switched in midstream. Let's run the football. Let's go to our strength. And then they started winning games tonight and and made the playoffs, which was an unbelievable turnaround at the time. Year later, dude's an MVP candidate, and we're talking about him being at the top of the NFC for a while. So things changed very rapidly in Philly for Hurts and the Eagles, which – speaks to where the Bears perhaps are at right now. Things change extremely rapidly here as well. I mean, they were when they were when they won four games his his rookie season. Uh and he was playing on the back end of it and he got benched. Nine and eight Super Bowl. I there we go. Take that Real by the quick, way. I, nine and eight nine and eight next year would be sweet and, and Super Bowl twenty twenty four and twenty five. Great. Yeah, I guess stepping stones. I will take progress and nine and eight would be huge progress for the bears. Uh, you know, does it kind of suck to have to say that? Sure. But we all know what's in front of the bears. We know what last season was all about and it's just get to the next stepping stone. Oh. You don't have to go from no, I, you know, first I just to, put 15 bucks on the bears winning the super bowl. I'll pay you year. the $15. If they go no, 50, I put 50 down. Oh, that's a whole different. If they win, I think I get like, you know, like four grand or something like that. Let's see what it said. Yeah. It said, yeah, I'm not uh, doing that payout. Yeah. I paid 50 bucks and I win $4,050 if they get to, and when they, I played them to win the Super Bowl because I'm a believer. And I've decided because this is the first year I've ever done that. I'm going to do it every year for the, for the next happens. five years with Justin Fields because it's going to happen. It is going to happen. Don't, don't, don't do Mark, your blasting. You doubted me when I told you. A month ago, that the Northwestern Wildcats were going to make March Madness in the dance. You doubted me, and now it is going to happen. And I'm telling you, the Bears are going to win the Super Bowl with Justin Fields. It is going to happen. It's worth your 50 bucks for your own entertainment. So, congratulations. <laughs> I'm going to do it every year, but I'm not even worried about it because it's going to hit in its first year. We're going to be partying in Vegas. Uh, to, got, to, to the Bears, um, I was going to say we got three oh, super yeah. chats that yeah, I wanted to make sure that we we got. No, you're good. Uh, so I see Jonathan's on screen, so we'll start with him. A little out of order, but 
I, I know Jonathan, uh, you know, thanking you, Braggs, for the weekend, saying that carb. Yeah. I think those morning videos, the rise and shine, need some more, oh, but they're getting better. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. And then good old Jonathan, been a big supporter of uh, mine and Nick's really since like early Chicago Audible days. Good to be back. I appreciate it. Uh, and I appreciate your text over the weekend, too. Uh, let's get into. Uh, the Bears 85, like you're mentioning, Greg. Have we talked about doing play-by-play watch parties? I know he said he would be, or they said they'd be personally all in. I think we've kind of like referenced that it may be something we do, like for a big Bears primetime sort of game, but nothing that's ever been solidified. Well, well we did kind of do one. Right. The the Thursday night game against the Washington Commanders. Um, If you go back, that, that, was that streams. Yeah, and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we're, you know, it's, it's a little craziness, you know. I don't know if we're necessarily, you know, telling telling you the play by play, but you kind of get to sit with us and watch it, and that was a fun experience, especially the way that game ended. If you go back and watch that stream, you can see all our um, all our hearts break, you know, collectively as Darnell Mooney drops the final pass of the game for the game winning touchdown, or what could have been. So we have done it once, but sir, I'm sure we're going to do more here going forward. Yeah, I don't know if it'll be like an every week or an every primetime game thing, but I'm uh, assuming we'll keep tinkering with that. I just don't think we're the play-by-play guys, uh, per se. Uh, and then we have from Mr. Marlon Moe uh, mentioning that the top GM second seasons were horrible, under 500, mentioning the 49ers, Bills, Eagles. Uh, just kind of, I think, trying to exercise some patience with Ryan. I'm going to say he meant polls. Uh, if we end up, and this is his words, uh, sucking uh, next year. Uh, I understand uh, where you're coming from there. Things do take time. I don't have that in front of me, so I'm going to take your word for it. Uh, and actually, we're going to talk about the Bears GM here in just a few moments. I had one final question I want to ask you guys before we move on, though, about Justin, NFL playoffs. Something I saw this year, and if you guys talked about it like on one of the day shows, I, I apologize, but uh, something I noticed that I didn't really expect this postseason and it didn't matter if the team had like a quote rushing quarterback or not or mobile guy, but I saw a lot of design runs for QBs this postseason more so than I feel like I've ever seen in a single playoff kind of like picture for every one of the teams. And I know we talk about wanting to limit that for Justin moving forward, but seeing how heavily teams wanted to tap into using their quarterback as a rusher in a postseason just gives me again, another sense of hope and optimism knowing that we have the best rushing quarterback in the entire league on this roster. So we can make it to that next stage. If that's a trend now in the postseason, like we have the guy to do it. Oh, it felt so good. It just underlined that. That's right. This is how we're playing and we got the best dude. I haven't heard it said like that. Will. so that makes, that makes me feel kind of googly inside. Ooh. I know it does for you too, Braggs, you googly guy, you. Great googly moogly. That's how I feel about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, it's just what we've been talking about. You know, I mean, of course you need pocket passers, but the wave of the future is dual threat quarterbacks. Josh Allen's a great pocket passer. He's still a dual threat quarterback by definition. He leads the team in rushing. I bet you he let, he, he had to have been close to leading the team in rushing this year. I, I, I'm sure he was close. He, he rushes all the time for big yardage. Um, you know, Patrick Mahomes obviously is a pocket passer, but what won the game? His scramble at the end for the first down. That's what won them the game ultimately at the end. So you got to have this ability. You can't just be a guy that stands in the pocket if you want to win games in the NFL. Um, you know, it's just how the game is played nowadays. 
Yes, Justin Fields has a long way to go to still be one of those top echelon quarterbacks that can make all the throws in the pocket along with what he does in the run game. But as you guys just mentioned, he's not just good at the run game. He is the best in the NFL at the run game as a quarterback. And we just saw a quarterback in the Super Bowl make history with his legs. And we have somebody who is infinitely better than Jalen Hurts at that. And Jalen Hurts is great at that. I can't elaborate that point enough. I'm still warming up to the fact that this is how you can win in the NFL, admittedly. Old school karma over here. And we had Dan Hampton. Super Bowl champion, Hall of Famer on. Uh, we just uploaded that to YouTube. If you want to check that video out at CHGO Sports, uh, please do. You know, he him he doesn't think that you can win this way. So there is a lean into this is how teams play now. This is how QBs play now. That the Bears made that change midway through the season, right? And I still think – objectively they're 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 trying to really figure out how they can best underline support take advantage of the quarterback that they have right i i this it's still a work in progress i think we would all agree on that of course yeah i don't think there's any disagreement there i just feel like when we saw justin playing that really strong stretch of football towards the second half of the season, like the early portion of it, when he was running, he started to start making those uh, plays with his arm. The bears were scoring points and bunches. The only problem was we were giving up too many points when we were scoring over 30 points a game. Like that should not be a problem. And you get here into the postseason, and you see all these teams scoring points and bunches. And I feel like if the bears can just get that defense to somewhat to like just serviceable and at least average and keeping teams out of the end zone. Like the win total next season will come. And I know there's a lot more work to happen on offense, the line. This all just, I guess is understood uh, on my end. Like that has to happen. It will happen. Well, Jimmy how, how says many... it in the chat here. He says mobile quarterbacks do not win the Super Bowl. pocket or hybrid QBs win the Super Bowl. Uh, and I get it. Um, Lamar Jackson's never won a Super Bowl. Cam Newton and Jalen Hurts are the two closest of like true dual threat quarterbacks to win a Super Bowl. Cam Newton, even more so, like, you know, a run first type of quarterback. And at the end of the day, Cam on the final drive couldn't get it done. I that's why I was so frustrated with the end of the last game, uh, last night's game, where they call the holding penalty and we don't get to see Jalen Hurts have the opportunity to go down and win the game as a dual threat quarterback because. There's That's so many tough. dual threat quarterbacks now. It's a law of averages. Eventually, a guy that is more of a run first quarterback that can also throw will win a Super Bowl. There's just so many of them now. It's only a matter of time. And there's these, you know, the old traditionalists are holding on to this. You know, you have to be a you know pocket passer to win a Super Bowl. Those days are starting to dim. And a guy like Justin Fields absolutely can win a Super Bowl with the right talent around him. And real quickly, too, just on Jimmy's point, like, at least for Justin specifically, I would classify him more as a hybrid who had to run so much this year just due to the lack of weapons at receiver, due to the exactly. offensive line giving him zero time. He mentioned it towards the end of the year, like, I don't want to be doing this. Like, I would rather sit back there and pass the ball. That's my goal next year. I don't want to have to run this much. I really would prefer to be a passing first quarterback, and I believe him. And the fact that he wants to do that, I'm sure the Bears are going to build around it. 
and he has the talent, as I mentioned, to be the best of the game with his legs. I think that's just what makes him special, what makes him unique. And we haven't even really got to see that part yet. We saw glimpses of, I think, like the subset skill set that he brings to the table that makes him special. And we still have to find ways to tap into the primary skill set as a passer that I believe he possesses. I believe he knows he has. And the Bears just need to find a way to build around it to let him fly. Low-key left turn here. Greg's what's going on with the Dairy Queen soda? And did you have lunch there or something? What dinner? Oh, no, I, I just took my daughter. We went to the park and in order to get her to get in the car, I said we'd go get ice cream. And we did. Got her an ice cream cone and I got me a drink. That's what's up with this cup. But I figured somebody's going to say something once I, when I drank it and saw I, that I, I was promoting I, I, D, DQ on the show. No, it's, it's cool. Dear Dairy Queen, we'd love to have you be a sponsor. I think that's great. I just, I just, Will, correct me if I'm wrong. Is it not, it's, it's just not normal that all of a sudden out of nowhere you get the big DQ glass. We don't usually get the uh, bingo. You know, the, all um, right. We don't usually get the product placement uh, for those fast food chains here on the show. So you're right. It stood out. For I actually worked at Dairy Queen for a couple of years. You worked at yeah, DQ? Uh, my senior year of high school and then my first year of college. Yes. I worked at DQ as well. I, I, I wasn't allowed to make stuff. the ice cream. <laughs> They're like, you make burgers, man. I tried making one cone. And it was like all over my hand. So they shoved me right to the See, back. And and I, I, I worked at DQ in high school as well. I loved working the drive through because then I could like the brownie bites. I could take, you know, one brownie, you know, one for me, one for the customer. One for oh, me. I did that with the cheese curds. <laughs> Oops. Now, now the funniest thing I ever did at Dairy Queen was I once took <laughs> I stole a box of because we nerds. <laughs> I stole a box of nerds. I was throwing all the boxes away and I, you know, put one box in my car that was still full and it we we opened the box up when we got to my house with my friends. I'm like, "Look what I got." I pulled this out and it's this giant bag of nerds. It was the funniest thing. And they were like, why did you do this? And I was like, because why not? You know, so I just admitted to a felony. I don't know. Why. I just, it's okay. You just I'll- did uh, <laughs> on live podcasting air here on YouTube. And we'll be on our podcast feed later. We're not going to edit that out. Who knows what the statute of limitations are on that, but we may find out soon. Hourly wage at DQ. Anybody remember? No. I mean, for me, it was 725. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> the, reason why the, the reason why the blizzard is so expensive now at Dairy Queen is because Bragg was stealing product for years on end. <laughs> Bragg screwed all of us. There we go. All right. So up next, we're going to talk about Ryan Poles uh, and his connections to the Chiefs and how that should help frame your mindset for this offseason. Uh, before we do, just one simple message for you all. If you haven't heard it before, I'm sure you have, though. It's if you haven't become a CHGO diehard, like really, what are you waiting for here? There's a ton of great reasons to do so. Uh, I love our happy hours that we've been starting to do here this year, uh, which is like we all hop on a Zoom session, like whether it be like CHGO Bears or White Sox, and then you get to join us. And we all just kind of sit around, have a few drinks, share a lot of laughs and, and hang out takes us one step closer to you. I think that's been a tremendous addition uh, to our repertoire here. And then you get a bunch of discounts, 20% off all of our merch all of the time. If we're running like a Black Friday sale, you get that discount on top of it. Uh, Of course, 20% off all of our tailgates, which we all had a blast doing last season for the Bears. Uh, And so much more. You can go to allchshow.com 
slash diehard right now. You can learn all the details uh, and sign up today and join our, I guess I would say ever growing and buzzing community here at CHGO. And Greg, I want you to tell everyone one reason why they should become a diehard. Give me your favorite reason. Well, I mean, I think our happy hours are certainly top notch. We've done a bunch of them now here. We've done like two or three, three or four uh, with CHGO Bears, but we do, you know, happy hours with every team, whether it be Cubs, Sox, Blackhawks, Bulls, Bears teams. And if you don't know what the happy hour is, but what I mean by that is we all just jump into Zoom, kind of like what we're doing here, but it's through Zoom. We all hang out for an hour and a half or so. We talk about anything, life or, or you know, specifically the sports, you know, if anybody has any questions and we we have a good time and, and get to know each other on a more personal level. And, uh, you know, you know, having all these loyal listeners that are here in the chat to be able to put a face to some of the names that we see in these chats is really cool for me. And uh, it seems like the people that are joining as far as uh, the, the diehards that are, are joining are enjoying it as well. So I, that's certainly my favorite part about it. Carm? Well, for me, I've just the tailgates uh, was just amazing, and I love that we give value when you become a diehard on that side. Uh, going to the diehard Bulls thing was awesome. I, I had a great time at that game, and you know, to what you guys are saying about uh, hanging out, let's do a Zoom, let's talk. It you, and and even down in uh, in Arizona for the Super Bowl, just the, the Bears fans that came out to meet us at the bar, which wasn't a diehard event, but I, I just want to underline that. Uh, the support that you guys are giving us, um, it, it means a ton to all of us here. You know, we obviously are still a new thing and, and we're growing and we uh, appreciate and need the support. So it, it's been a huge blessing to see the regulars in there. I mean, like, and, 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 and anyone new for that matter too, but like just looking at the chat line right now, Daniel and Gary, we see you guys all the time, but it's been super rewarding to see that, we're, you know, the connections that we're building. So um, and the diehard, we get to see you, you know, in in person. So it's, it's it just it just feels great for me. Awesome! Thanks, guys, for giving uh, you know some of your own input and your own words. I think that kind of helps, kind of solidify what being a diehard is all about, and just give our listeners more reasons to you know want to have to join. But let's get back into uh, tonight's show. And like I said, I want to talk about Ryan Poles because one thing that I've been thinking about throughout this day is like you know what the guy who's in charge of rebuilding the bears was instrumental uh, in building that roster that we saw yesterday here for the chiefs. And obviously like Kansas city, they've been in the super bowl, you know, a few times now over the past two years, but they're not the same team that they were the last time. There's been a couple of years in between. They had to kind of retool and rebuild. And when you look at what polls is able to do, I kind of did some digging right before the show. So in 2021, he was the executive director of player personnel. And then just that one off season, he signed Orlando Brown Jr., drafted backup. To, uh, he drafted Creed Humphreys, the starting lineman for them, drafted their backup tight end, Noah Gray, signed running back Jarek McKinnon, and drafted their starting middle linebacker, Nick Bolton. That's just one offseason, and I just got guys that are starting or at least contribute. And then if you want to go back for the next two years, he was the assistant director of player personnel, drafted Legereus Sneed, drafted Willie Gay, signed Frank Clark, drafted Juan Thornhill, and drafted Mikko Hardman. It's like nine of 22 starters uh, for this Super Bowl team came due to Ryan Poles tweaking it. And if you want to go back further, he was still instrumental in building that core of Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes. Like he's a, you know, go back to even Tyreek Hill. Like he's a big reason why they've been able to sustain their success. And I know a lot of Bears fans, I mean, we see it in the chat almost every episode. 
impatience uh, with what happened last off season. It wasn't enough. We saw the results and they're kind of worried heading into this off season, despite all of the resources that we may be in store for the same. Now, I don't believe that's the case. I don't think either of you two believe that's the case, but just knowing like all the fingerprints that Ryan Pohl still has on that chiefs team that just won a super bowl. Like should that excite bears fans? Like we have that guy is literally in charge of building this team around Justin Fields. And I think he's the guy to do it. I'm just curious to your thoughts on polls, his connections to the Chiefs still, what they're able to accomplish, and what's that mean for the Bears here for the biggest offseason in franchise history. Go ahead, Braggs. Yeah, I mean, I feel great about that. This is who we are trying to mirror ourselves off of in a lot of ways as far as you know building a franchise. Same with the Eagles. I mean, Ian Cunningham coming from the Eagles – I like that there's a connection mm-hmm. on both sides of the field when it comes to these guys. And and with Ian Cunningham being a part of a team that has done some trade downs, trade backs in the last couple of years, I like that element. Ryan Poles, you know, people are at this point where they feel like they have to have like a definitive opinion on him one way or the other, you know, and I can't understand for the life of me, people that are out on him or not happy with how he handled the first season when I feel like he did everything that he had to do to get this team on the right track salary cap wise. And oh, by the way, found their way into the number one pick. Maybe Ryan wasn't intentionally trying to do that. I have a hard time believing that when you see the players they signed. And I know they tried to sign a few guys that ended up not coming here. So it's not like they weren't trying necessarily, but at the same time, I like the way Ryan Poles carries himself. I I have trust in him to build this offensive line because that's his background. So, you know, I know Gary's very hard on Orlando Brown. He he don't want Orlando Brown. They didn't give up a sack yesterday. Uh, Brian Baldinger had a breakdown on Twitter today about how good of a job Orlando Brown did. Yeah, I don't, I'm not an offensive line expert. We talked about this uh, the last couple of weeks. You know, Gary's very, you know, Gary, who's a loyal listener in our chat every day, he's very hardline about this. He does not want to pay overpay for Orlando Brown. I don't know. I don't think it's the worst thing that could happen to the Bears if we get a guy like that and you slide Braxton Jones over to the right tackle. You know, we need guys. And, you know, beggars can't be choosers. Who's available? You know, and, you know, as but I, I also trust Ryan Poles to build this offensive line properly. They tried to sign Ryan Bates the offensive lineman from the Bills. Bills match the offer sheet. He's a solid offensive lineman, right, guys? I mean, I don't know. You tell me. But they're trying to pluck from the Bills offensive line. Okay, that's a good sign. Let's try to get good talent in here, and I think Ryan Poles can do that. I mean, listen, you go back and look at Ryan Poles' career in Kansas City. He comes in right out of college as a scouting assistant. He's immediately promoted the next year to college scouting coordinator where he stayed for five seasons. And then he becomes the director of college scouting as Wilson. And then the assistant director of player personnel and executive director of player personnel. So all that's great. What's what I like about it is, you know, he's hired by Scott Pioli, who I have not great thoughts about, but John Dorsey kept him. And that's, you know, one of the more respected football men in, in the NFL, who knows exactly what he's doing, did a phenomenal job in Green Bay. And then you look at the records of what happened in Kansas City. He came in, they were 4 all the miracle run in 2010 with Todd Haley and, and Matt Castle, but that team sucked and they lost in the wild card. They, they were just, just kind of a miracle season. And then they were bad, 7-9, 2-14. And, 
But you see when he's there for a while, they were, they've been over 500, the Chiefs, since 2013. 11 wins, 9 wins, 11, 12, 10. And then here comes, okay, now we're getting to the meat of it. We got Patrick Mahomes. They made a phenomenal trade to do it, and they become the Kansas City Chiefs. But he was very much a part of an organization that had been in the shitter for a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were they were bad. They hadn't won a playoff game since 93. They were a under 500 team from 2007 with the exception of 2010. And then he got in the organization. I'm not giving him all the credit, but he at least was part of an organization that turned it. So, and, and you know, who exactly he was in on, on which players, I think that's a little murky. But it, it, it's you see the end result, and I think that's got to make you feel good about polls. Exactly that. And I saw a comment here from Casey about like how many of the Super Bowl offensive linemen was polls like responsible for finding. Uh, I think when I did it, it was like 60 or 80 percent of them. Uh, I would have to pull up the depth chart and cross reference yet again. But and it was both free agency and the draft. It was a combination of the two, uh, which, again, excites me because it shows that he can evaluate the draft talent and also hit those home runs in free agency that matter. Uh, and they had a lot of turnover of actually losing guys. Remember how bad that offensive line was? Like, what is it, four seasons ago, give or take? And it was like the big talk of like, oh, my God, like that was awful. You have to like scrap that and strike. And that only made it yep. been a couple of years ago. Time goes by so fast yet so slow in the NFL, I swear. But it's interesting I, to see how he approaches free agency because he strikes me as a guy that doesn't want to overpay for guys. And I see people talking about that in the chat. He doesn't strike me as that type of guy, especially Mm -hmm. this early in what he's building. Is he going to attack for these big name targets for like a win now thing this year? I mean, as a fan, I hope so because I want to win right now. I want to start having fun starting week one next year. Uh, But he also strikes me as a guy that's diligent and patient and building it the right way, building through the draft. But he has all this money, and I know we have a certain amount that we have to spend. So it'll just be interesting to see how that shakes out. And then as far as the draft is concerned, you know, I thought he did a sol- a very solid job in a draft where they didn't have a first-round pick. Uh, and then an undrafted free agent in Jack Sanborn, you know, I he had guys that are going to be players that are impact players going into next season. You know, so, I, you know, I'm excited to see what Ryan Pulse can do. I like his demeanor. I don't want to go too crazy on last year's draft, although I think overall, no question, it's it's a win when you look at it. Uh, the, the Claypool thing, we'll see. Mm-hmm. But in essence, he's done the the easy part. Tore it down, got assets. Now, I'll tell you, media night at the Super Bowl, and I'm talking to Howie Roseman for you know two minutes of that whole night. So I'm not gonna. I don't want to act like I'm you know, Mr. Best Friends with Howie, and I really and I really understand him deeply. But there was a shrewdness in those couple of minutes that was overly noticeable. And a lot of people were grilling him about the A.J. Brown trade, and I was one of those people, in which perhaps was not the most creative question because he got it 100 times. But I think that's, that's the essence of what the Bears are going to have to do here. Get assets, acquire guys who become available, who can be close to elite and be great in your drafting and not even, and, and also at the same time have enough pieces moving around that you can miss because that, because you're going to miss, but exactly as long as, as, long as you hit enough, uh, even miss, even Jalen Rieger missed at the top and still, Hey, we got Adrian Brown. We got Devontae Smith. We are okay. We got plenty of weapons for Jalen Hurts. I asked him too. I said, Hey, Hey, Howie, how did you, you know, get comfortable to mortgage picks 
to give Jalen Hurts the option. Well, we had to find out if he could do it. So he didn't. They didn't know. They, but the only way they were going to really find out is if they if they gave it to him, which is right. the, that's the exact position the Bears are in right now. Right, right. He said we can't make a fair evaluation on a guy until he has the right talent around him, which is such a fair statement to make to expect Justin Fields to do this with nobody and and have a definitive, you know, you know, assumption of the kind of player he's going to be is is wrong. Give him the talent first, then make your determination. And, and Poles wouldn't have made the trade for Claypool if he didn't know that. I agree. That was an aggre- that was well, and he made out. it because right in that moment, Justin Fields was starting to set on fire, you know, and that's why I was excited for the move, you know, and I and I think we all underestimated just how long it would take Chase Claypool to catch on, and I was definitely disappointed that it never facilitated into any kind of chemistry before the season ended because I felt like they were getting ahead of it, even though you know I understand they were trying to get ahead of it free agency wise, but at the same time there could have been chemistry built, but. There were two factors that went into it. A, Chase Claypool had trouble assimilating to the offense, and B, Justin Fields got hurt. And then right. Darnell Mooney got hurt, which changes the whole complexion of the offense. Yes. So there's a lot of context in there that I think gets lost when you just want to make the general statement that the Chase Claypool trade is now a bust. Yeah, We, no, we don't know that scary. yet until next year. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. It would have been amazing uh, to allow that those dividends to start getting paid sooner. Um, but I'm going to... I'm remaining patient. Let me raise my hand and say I'd rewind that trade right now. Uh, I'd love to do that. And I wouldn't but, blame hey, you for it. I'm not going to blame you for having that take right now. But we can't do that. But at this point, you know, we no, just hey, got to hope that Chase Claypool balls out. He's in a contract year. He has every reason to go off, and he has the talent. He has shown it at the NFL level. So it's not like for the fans that want to believe that this can work out for the best, it's not like he's never shown it at the NFL level. He has. Now he has to show it with Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears. Fields needs to become best buddies with Claypool like I became best buddies with Nicholas Moriano in the same room, which I don't know if you ever have had sleepovers with, with Nicholas Moriano for a week. But let me tell you something. It is a true privilege and then one that I do make. It was amazing. Dude, snores like a champion, Will. You, yeah. your, your audible guy is a snoring beast of a man. God bless you. I've I've had to share some hotel rooms. Uh, I, I've heard those legendary snores, uh, as you put it there, Mark. So real quickly, something that just came to my mind. So we t- yeah. keep talking about this offseason in two phases. You have free agency and the draft, and both are going to be you know imperative for the Bears if they want to be uh, you know a winning team next season to hit on both. But how sneaky of a role can you envision like the waiver wire playing in for the bears here with them having that top priority throughout the entire offseason? like could that actually have like a sneaky impact that we're not like talking enough about right now because the more i think about it like yeah absolutely because all these guys you got these cap casualties coming up trade partners or not they're going to get released and the bears have you know pickings there well that's what i want to ask you will is because i've seen people bring this up and i guess i'm not clear on how this works is because I always looked at a waiver wire thing as something that teams take advantage of in training camp when a player gets released and you're the first on the waiver wire. A, we can start doing waiver wire pickups. How early is my question? And then B, once you make one waiver claim, is it like fantasy football where you make one waiver claim and then you move to the back of the line or are you still at the front? Those are the two things I don't understand. Uh, So I believe the waiver opens up. So I'm looking at field Yates 
tweet from earlier today, and he says, the NFL's waiver period for 2023 begins today. Players with less than four years of experience are subject to the waivers, and the waiver order is the same as the original 2023 draft orders. That means the Bears are first in the waivers. Uh, for anyone that gets cut here starting today who has less than four years or more experience, and if they do get cut, they can sign with another team immediately if they clear waivers. Um, but technically, the Bears could scoop them up. I just don't know what it would cost them at, at this stage right now. I guess it would probably depend on the player. And then once you make one waiver claim, do you move to the back of the line or do they stay up there? I That's... think with I think they stay put throughout the offseason. If I'm if I remember correctly, it's we haven't had many off seasons like this where it matters this much. Uh, so I think we're all yeah. learning as we go. But my current understanding is the Bears should sit there through the offseason and potentially through preseason. There, which, there again, is... that's pretty huge. There, there's some really interesting names out there, particularly one who I think Bears fans probably remember. The Bears traded for him in 2018 and traded him away last year. Uh, Khalil Max got an $18 million cap hit with those Chargers. And, you know, the word on the street is that they'd rather do a restructured deal with him. And I don't think he's coming back here. But that is a name that would be sh- shocking and stunning and and partly exhilarating for Bears fans, uh, highly, highly unlikely, but certainly they could use him. And I also look at Minnesota and Adam Thielen. Uh, that's a, the Vikings could very well be cutting of one of their key receivers. Now he's not a, not a dynamic number one, but I would think he could make a huge well, and, impact and, down here. And a report came out today and somebody asked in the chat too, Michael Thomas, you know, the maligned, you know, Wide receiver, very talented from the New Orleans Saints. That's another guy that I think you'd have to consider at least helping the depth, not necessarily slotting in as your star wide receiver, but certainly somebody that can start help adding to this depth that they sorely need. Long answer, long, Will. Yeah, right. I mean, any any which way, draft, big-time free agent, waiver wire, we're open for business, or the Bears are yep. open for business, and period, end of story, right? And a bunch of people exactly ch- that. A bunch of people in the chat are saying that they they stay number one throughout Nomad, who certainly have, you know has a good knowledge of the game at least from the interactions I've had with him in spaces. Mark, uh, he uh, he's saying that they stay number one in the waiver wire until week one of the season. So that's great. That's I've seen a- week three floated around. I don't know, but regardless, well, I, I can feel good saying at least until week one, maybe yeah. more. That's amazing. That's, I mean, that's such a huge advantage there too. And and I think it's all about turning the roster over, right? And keep right. picking guys up and, and rolling that roster over until you, you get the right combination. And it shows too, like the Bears have to spend a certain amount of money, as we mentioned, but to be calculated and patient and then waiting for those waivers to kind of, you know, those cuts to happen, whether it be pre-free agency, post-free agency, pre-draft, post-draft, Training camp. You, there's so many different stages here world where you can get good talent getting cut. As long as you keep your financial flexibility and you feel like they're a good fit and you have the room, you can pick them up. And that's really big here for the Bears. All right, one final topic I want to make sure we get on here tonight before we go because, weirdly enough, Greg actually alluded to it way earlier in the episode about defense. And, like, does it actually matter as much as – you know, we would all hope to believe as Bears fans, right? Defense wins championships. I understand it. 
But when I look at last night's game, only four punts, one turnover all game. You see a lot of third downs and fourth downs being converted on. Five of the last seven Super Bowl winners had to score 31 or more points. So I'm just curious, like, does, like, defense take, like, a back seat or, like, a priority B for this rebuild here for the Bears? Or does the game like this show you the importance of actually having a defense and what could do to your chances? I feel like the Eagles defense is so good. And then you just see what happened and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I'm like, ooh, like, do you really want to invest all of that just to give up 35 points in the Super Bowl? And then if you just look a little bit further, I have a few more numbers for you, Greg, so I will take it slow. Uh, every team this year in the wild card round scored 31 or more to win with 23 points being the lowest total that week by a losing team that round. That's a lot of points scored all the way across the league in the playoffs. Uh, if you go to the divisional round, 19 was the lowest total by a winning team. That was the 49ers. The other three winners had to score 27 or more points. The Chiefs scored 23, which is the lowest total of the actual championship weekend. And then, of course, 38 to 35 last night but again like when uh the one last i want to throw out there is teams that scored at least 30 points in games in the postseason they went eight and three uh in the postseason this year by scoring at least 30 points so is it more important to have a defense that can limit points or is it being the trend now where it's actually more important to at least hit that 30 mark here on offense uh in the postseason because i think eight and three is a really strong number and of course uh the, one of the losers were last night in Philadelphia. So a great example, but I'm just curious about your thoughts about where defense stands in today's modern NFL as the bears need to keep that in mind as they rebuild. Well, if you're making a priority list, I mean, scoring is paramount scoring is number one on the priority list, but you can't diminish defense, even though we're getting high numbers as far as final scores. Uh, the, the, the Philadelphia Eagles didn't get one stop in the second half of the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes went 13 of 14 in the second half. They get one stop and the game is over. They can win the Super Bowl. The the Kansas City Chiefs, as Mark said, Bolton goes for a a, a, a fumble six, a pick six, you know, uh, for a defensive touchdown. That was that was seven of the 38 points scored by the Chiefs. So you need defense to do just enough. When you're when you get to the Super Bowl, you're playing all-time great quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes. At, you know, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, who who can put a 30 burger on you no matter how good your defense is. And they, you know, Mahomes proved that last night, or the Chiefs as a team proved that, I feel like, in a big team effort win last night that they they showed with special teams and everything else. But still, 38 points on a team that what the Eagles had what that like 88 sacks this season, and, and they didn't get one sack last right. night. But at the same time, you gotta have you gotta have something there. To, to keep the numbers somewhat down to keep you in a puncher's chance to beat the great Pat Mahomes. Well, let's not forget, too, the Chiefs got to the Super Bowl because they were able to stop Joe Burrow and Frank Clark was able to get to the quarterback. And, and that, you know, changed the trajectory of a game that looked like it was going to go straight to Cincinnati and they were going to beat the Chiefs once again. I it's But it's tricky, right, Will? Like, yes, you, unfortunately, you got to have it all. You got, you got, you got to you go. you, you have, you have the, you have to have a high powered offense or you're, or it's not going to be enough. And if you can't ever get off the field, I'm not saying you can just win, win with defense every week, but it's got to be there to, to occasionally be able to do it. Uh, and you know, when, when can't, when Kansas city 
didn't win the Super Bowl when the Bucs got him, which we were talking about the offensive line. That's three years ago, 2020. And then last year when they didn't win, the Bills put they couldn't stop Buffalo. They 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 and uh and they 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 also didn't have an offensive line. So you gotta be able to protect the quarterback. I mean, we get to the quarterback, gotta have the quarterback too that can do it. Like it's just hard to win, man. teams. You're you're gonna have to go through Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or Jalen Hurts or whoever the next is coming along. Joe Burrow's a huge problem. It, it's it's Tom Brady his, comes back from the dead. Aaron Rodgers ends up in. I mean, the Jets are kind of a sexy. Uh, you want to go on DraftKings right now and make a wager on who's going to win the Super Bowl next year and get good odds? I don't. I don't mind that play at all. Oh, you just yeah. drew up the scenario, Mark. You just did. The Bears get to the Super Bowl next year. I got my $4,000 ticket. We're holding in our hands while we're in Vegas. And they have to play Aaron Rodgers to, to, to slay the dragon and win the Super Bowl. You just drew it up right there. That's what's going to happen. It's a eureka moment. I hope you're right, brother. Um, <laughs> hey, Mark, while you're uh, stumbling around, do you want to address the Super Chat real quick? Breaking. Quanny B just tweeted, enjoy it now because we on the way from our guy, the Duke. Inject it into my veins. Bears Super Bowl next year. The Bears. Claypool, 1,500-yard season. We lead the league in sacks and takeaways next year. Duke, I don't know where you live. I don't know when you're having a party, but where, <laughs> but wherever it is and whenever you're doing it, I'm on the way, brother. Let's well, go. pull up his other super chat because he had one earlier that we didn't address. Because I had said I put I put fifty bucks down on the Bears to win the Super Bowl. That's going to get me four grand. He's claiming, and we know the Duke, you know, owns an island somewhere, <laughs> and he must have good Wi-Fi service there to tune in every every day to CHGO and CHGO Bears, but. He says he's putting five grand down on that bet. So I don't even know how much that'll get in return. But it sounds like me and Duke gonna have a, a great time in Vegas next year. So I love it. I love well, we can do the math here real quick. So you're betting yeah, fifty yeah, yeah. and you're gonna get four thousand? Yeah. I think that's four hundred K because it'll be it's a hundred more than you put down. Duke. It's gonna Let's be just, yeah, you you're you're my new best friend if you get, if we hit on this bet. You're already my best friend, but eight then, times then we're going another level. Let me hey. guess. You were you did not dominate math class. You were phenomenal in English, but math was not the <laughs> thing. Algebra two, algebra two, a senior year. They 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 put me in as uh, scheduled me for an algebra two class. I walked in. Uh, I was Coach Johnson, our 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 high school basketball coach. He wrote some you know formulas on the on the chalkboard, and he said. If you do not know these formulas, get out of my classroom. And me and three other people stood up and walked out of the classroom and went to the library. We were not allowed back to that class the rest of the year. We had to reassign. Tell me all I need to know. Yeah. You just took me to Miss Pavlakis' class where me and Chris Carter were told, instead of acting like idiots in the front row, just put your head down. And stay, keep your head down for the all of class, and then when class is over, you get up and leave. No problem, Pavlakis. We got you. I regret that, <laughs> no. by the way. Hey, but Duke, I'm feeling you, and I'm I'm just gonna keep saying it. 
the Bears can find their way to a, being a playoff team. I, you know, I'm not going to call them a championship caliber team, but they find their way into the playoffs. Justin Fields is going to run wild. If they if they find their way to the playoffs, that means they're good enough. And if they can get there, then all of a sudden you have to stop Justin Fields. And a guy that has shown he will do whatever it takes to get the first down, to get the win. And he is tough to catch. He's tough to bring down by all accounts of players that line up against him, including got players that were in the Super Bowl this year. So, you know, I I think it's a good, you know, I think it's interesting because we got the X factor. We got the guy, you know, and now they now it's Ryan Pohl's job to build around him and and get the fruits of Justin Fields' labor. We got one more super chat from the Duke who just kind of continues to, you know, this conversation stating Hell yes, Braggs and Karma watches party in the VIP section while we eat steaks seasoned with gold shavings. I want one of those steaks too. Come on. That's we'll amazing. We'll invite you. As long as Northwestern doesn't beat my Boilermakers in the Big Ten tournament, we may invite Karm too. But Will, you're definitely invited. Karm's on the hot seat with what he did to me yesterday. That's a good right. way to re- full recap of the say- show. I was going to say, anything else you guys want to say before I uh, put a bow on the show? No. Bear down, baby. Good to be with you guys. <laughs> so you did 30 minutes of Big Ten talk, but we'll do that tomorrow night on CHGO Big Ten After Dark. There <laughs> we go. All right. I just want to thank everyone. Uh, first of all, uh, I did tweet yesterday. Like I was dealing with, like, with a medical issue uh, throughout the majority of this month that's really just had me worried, and a lot of people kind of reached out to me. I would say thank you. Uh, the test came back good. So two thumbs up there, feeling a lot better uh, about everything, uh, which is awesome. Uh, just for everyone to know, I had like a growth uh, on my arm, which is never fun to find once you turn you know, 30 and you're like, oh shit, what's going on? And you're looking at your baby and you're like, I want to make sure I'm here to see him grow up. And then the doctor's like, yeah, we got to get that tested. So my anxiety went like through the roof and the medical system's slow. So it took like a month to do all of that. Thank God uh, I can breathe. I just want to thank everyone who reached out for that. Uh, and of course, I want to thank everyone who tuned in here uh, for tonight's episode of CHGO Bears After Dark. Had a lot of fun with Carm and Greg and just talking Chicago Bears like we do each and every Monday night. If you haven't yet, head over to Apple Podcasts, rate, review our show. Uh, we'd love to hear you and your thoughts about Big Ten basketball and how much we talk about it here on this show. I'm sure those would be <laughs> lovely, but for real, uh, if you have some comments on our show, if you just want to kind of help us grow, a great way is by leaving a review over on Apple Podcasts. And again, go to allchcocom slash diehard to learn more about our awesome diehard membership experience and how you can join and really uh, just to sign up. Uh, I love to see you join our Discord, and I'll be one of the first to say uh, hello. Uh, but that's going to do it for tonight's episode. I will see you all on Thursday. These guys will see you a little bit sooner. Uh, but until next time, bear down, Chicago. <laughs>